I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Friday, June 19, 2020. By definition, Friday means it is a weekend update, and we do have a lot on the docket for this episode. There's a lot going on. We have a lot of charts to go through. The market can go either way, and it can go either way in a hurry. So we need to pick apart the charts, look under the hood, and see what the market is actually telling us. What was the activity into the end of the day in terms of its meaning? Was it extremely important that the market sold off into the end of the day? And by the way, beyond the closing bell, we're going to talk about that. We're going to look at the chart to see what happened after the closing bell. Or was it just garden variety, quadruple witching, options expiration, rebalancing, shenanigans brought to you by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew? What's the first thing that jumps off the page when I look at the daily chart? Well, not only is it what I can see, but also what I know. So what we know is that we had a gap up Friday morning and we had a failure. And therefore, what I see is a gap in crap once again failing at the all-important 312.15. Closing by a smidgen, but nonetheless, closing below the 20-period moving average certainly can't be in the bull column. It's got to go in the bear column. So we have a gap in crap. We have a failure. We have an important number that was given up. We have a moving average that was given up. Not by all that much, but nonetheless, it's on the board. We also have a market that got killed after the close. So here's the closing bell. This is the 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time close. Then this is what happened over the next 15 minutes and beyond. They drove them right to fill the gap that they missed earlier in the day. That's also courtesy of Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew. And by the way, inside the numbers members have this all the time. They're aware. We call it an awareness. They're aware that they may come up short, spike through, hit it like a bullseye. We don't know which one it's going to be, which time. What we did know is that they were going to fill the gap. We'll take a look at inside the numbers later, but we did know they were going to fill the gap long before price got there. It was pretty cut and dry. Once they gave up 312.15, the writing was on the wall. Another checkbox in the bear column would be the after 4 p.m. drop that the market took. And what that did was it made them finish essentially below the gap. Now, on the daily chart, they finished above the gap. After the 4 o'clock close, they finished below the gap. The futures, you can see here, finished basically a tick or so off the dead low. Generally speaking, under normal garden variety market conditions, that's not bullish behavior, but yet bearish behavior. So what do we have going into Monday? Let's say they have follow through to the downside. Let's say they kill them Sunday night. We're gapping down Monday morning. Where are some important spots? Right out of the chute, we know we have Monday's low. The low is 296.74. This is a big reversal. It was on volume. You see the day prior was on volume. This reversal day was on volume. Normally, 
that low will be defended at minimum of at an intraday level. So you want to look at hourly closes. Hourly closes below that, and they're likely headed to 292. That's a give or take. Inside the numbers, members will have the refined numbers Monday morning. Could this all be a rope-a-dope slash quadruple witching options expiration shenanigans slash rip them back up on Monday in everybody's face. Is that possible? Anything is possible. And let's talk about why something like that might happen. And really from a non-traditional, you're inside my head, you bought a ticket to the ride perspective. For this one, you got to turn to the stars, the moon, the sun, all that stuff, and understand that you're in that time period where you have a lunar eclipse, summer solstice thing going on. We're not getting into details about that stuff. All we're going to do is recognize when we have those type of events, they can be turning points in the market. Now, here's the challenge. The event happens over the weekend. If there's any meaning to that whatsoever, and if the market is going to turn as a result of that, which way would it be? Did it just turn down and it's going to accelerate? Or did it just trade down into that event all week long? And what I mean by that is we had the reversal on Monday and we had another gap up on Tuesday and we basically just traded down Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Did we trade down into that event creating one of these scenarios? Is that what just happened? If it is, they did a pretty masterful job at making you believe that the other thing just happened. What's the other thing? The other thing is they were trying to break out, trying to break out. They couldn't sustain above the important number of 312.15. They killed them into the close. We're going to get follow through on Monday and beyond, and we're going to have at least a couple of weeks of a bear market type of corrective activity, a sell the rip environment rather than a buy the dip environment. The question is, which one is it? Well, there's one good way to find out, which is wait till Monday and see which way they go. Because I got to tell you, we can build a case either way. We could say that the technicals line up where they should be going down. They failed. They gave up the number. They killed them into the close. All the stuff that lined up on the bare side of the page. All that says lower prices are headed our way. And then all of a sudden, you consider the pixie dust stuff, and I've seen this stuff work before. You scratch your head, and then you go about your business, so it's in the back of my mind. We'll call it an awareness. But here's what I can tell you. Let's say it was a big fake out at the end of the day on Friday. Let's say they're going to start trading higher on Monday. Let's say they recapture 312.15 and continue starting to go higher. Guess what? They're going to fill the other gap all the way up at 319, 320 and change. And if that happens, they may or may not stop there. Just beware. It's an awareness, something that we want to know in the back of our mind as a just-in-caser. Now, let me throw something else in the mix. Again, you're inside my head, so mainly just the folks that have taken the Lazy E-Mini Trader course will appreciate this one. Think in terms of time. Think in terms of time is more important than price. Think in terms of how long it's been since the pivot high. And you'll realize 
that you can certainly make a case for a trend change in the upward direction. So what I would say is putting all that stuff in a bucket together and starting to kind of stir it around, I can make a case, not necessarily one that's a widely accepted case by technicians everywhere, but I can make a case for both things. You can always make a case for both things, but I can make a case for both things, and what that does is it keeps me away from saying, here's the highest probability thing that's going to happen. I can't say that with the combination of quadruple witching options expiration, 312.15, all the tinfoil hat pixie dust stuff, but that's why we look around the horn and check out other markets and see what they're doing. Can we get any clues, information, evidence building in other markets? We have favorite market leading indicators. We have canaries in the coal mine. We have all kinds of stuff in the hopper. First, let's check out inside the numbers. What we'll do is take a look at the commentary. We'll take a look real quick at stocks on the move. And what you'll notice is a focus on a couple of things. Let's get the awareness stuff right out of the gate early on. Now, this is posted bright and early, long before the market opens. Focus at the bottom. Well, the first question we need to answer is, how high can they get before running into overhead resistance? Remember, they were gapping higher Friday morning. The first sticking point will be around 31.42, give or take. You know the routine, right of the vertical is today's activity, and there you have it. High of day, first candle, five-minute candle anyway, right out of the chute. Now, had I known that the market was going to trade from the opening candle of the day all the way down to the final candle of the day on a five-minute chart, I would have said, get short, stay short. But nobody knows that's going to happen. That's the life of a trader. That's just the way it works. You look back and you say, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Sometimes you do. Most of the time, you don't. That's the life of a trader. We also had a dividend paid in the SPY today. And what you'll find interesting, and you'll find it in the notes, and by the way, I might as well start scrolling up while we're at it. What you'll find is that even with the dividend paid, go ahead and stop the video and read the notes and then restart it. I'm just going to continue scrolling. What you'll find is that even with the dividend paid, which was about... I forget exactly. It was a dollar something, whatever it was. It doesn't matter. Even with the dividend paid, they still found their way and respected 312.15 until they gave it up. It's almost remarkable and uncanny how this stuff works. Let's continue moving along. How about over here at 9.52? The early range, if there's going to be one, should be about 31.42 on the north side and around 31.25 on the south side for now. Now here's your ES contract again, and there's your 31.25, but what's interesting is when that note was posted, it was posted here, right? How do I know that? It was 9.52. What's this candle? This candle ends at 9.55. So regardless of what happened at 31.25, what we're saying is that we can identify specific numbers that are in fact going to be resistance and support. What we can't do all the time is say, here's what's going to happen at that number. Nobody can do that. But if you can identify a number that the market's at least going to stop for a while, and it stopped for a long while, it consolidated for a long while at that number. So here's the thing. 
If, in fact, you're thinking you're going to get a bounce off that number and you buy 3125 and it stays there for an hour, it's not getting the bounce. You get out of the trade. So, therefore, yes, it does pay to know your numbers. Moving right along. So all along, we're still giving warnings of here's what happens, here's the next number they go to if in fact we see a failure. So here's one of them. Under this scenario, they would run to about ES3115. That was getting below here, 3125. And here is your 3115 low, 3115 and a quarter to be exact. And you got a pretty nice bounce off that. Next candle high was 312375. For you home gamers out there, that's better than an eight-point bounce. And I'm not suggesting that everybody was jumping in the boat on that trade. Not at all. I'm just saying, when you know your numbers, you don't know exactly what's going to happen at those numbers every time. Nobody does. That's part of the business. The way we do it is we put all the other stuff together so we get a full stack. You need all the other things that are taught in the course to line up together based on whatever chart you're looking at, confirming with other charts on down the line to know where the highest probability trades are. That's the way this works. That's why you need to understand the foundation of how the market works. All right, back to business. Let's move it along. We're going to get to stocks on the move after, but what you'll see here is work. I caught a little flack. Here's what happened. Work came up on my scanner, my morning scanner, a little bit late. I don't know why, but it was a late addition on the board. Put on the board after 9 o'clock, which I don't normally do. Some traders didn't see it. They hammered me like they were chipping away cement. I had to do the mea culpa, which was the same as raising the white flag. We'll take a look at the chart later. Let's move it along. Look. On a day like today, what I urge you to do is read the notes, go back to the charts, see what happened. We're talking about 312.15. We know the numbers. We know what happens when they close hourly below certain numbers. And what I urge you to do is read the notes, go back to the chart, see what the market did after the notes were posted. Let me continue scrolling up. Here you see at 12.19... This was when it became apparent what exactly was going on. Looks like the 307 is on deck unless there's a serious rescue operation ahead. It was all about 312.15 the entire time. Now the resistance will be 310. Now let's look at the spider looking at a 15 minute chart. You can see 312.15 if I'm looking at this chart and I'm watching the market and I see what's going on. They come below, they close above. Looks like they're fighting it. Okay, they close above. Next candle, close well below, and you can see what's going on. So the writing's on the wall. It's a matter of time before you get one of these candles. Once they close below 312.15, after everything that's going on with 312.15, and you have to be a believer, if you're a believer in the number, and you see them giving up 312.15, then you know what they're going to do. They were always going to do one gap or the other. They were basically in the middle. We talked about that yesterday. Well, here you have 307 on deck once they're failing at the what's so-called pivot point. And here's an hourly chart. Here's how they play coy. Watch what happens on the hourly close. Second hour of the day, the 11.30 close, 312.25, a dime above the number. And then what happened? 
immediately when the second hour closes, the third hour opens, you see what they did. They killed him. So anybody that was waiting for the hourly close didn't get the confirmation until the next hour started. That also is courtesy of Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew as they simply wait until the last minute. And here's more evidence of that phenomenon, what's going on with the dividends paid. So the SPY opens up a dollar and change less than it closed yesterday, even though the market is gapping way up. It looks like it opens up less as a result of the dividend, but it's just the dividend. Everything's adjusted accordingly. But then when it comes down to brass tacks and they get to 312.15, don't tell me that that hourly close at 312 and a quarter was an accident or a coincidence. Yeah, good luck trying to convince me of that. That's in the camp of try and sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. We did have a couple of stocks on the move. Even with that gap higher this morning, everything was kind of floating before the opening bell, Friday float and all that stuff. But we had two on the board. It was Smith & Wesson, which was SWBI. And then we had Work, which is Slack. Take note of the numbers. Let's go to the chart. Look at this. Smith & Wesson. Getting a haircut at the open. Closing price, 1872 Thursday. And look at this. My number was 1739 Look at this, low of day, 1740. We had some front runners. We had traders jump in ahead of the number. We always do. Today was the day they got the benefit. I was sitting at the number. I got left at the altar. Nice, tasty shit sandwich. Why? Because minutes later, they're making a high of 1897. That's right, minutes later. This is 1020 in the morning. How about just a couple of minutes later? The high was 1827 by 940. I don't have to do the math for you on that one. What's the takeaway? Once again, they get to the number, they're either going to do one of two things. They're going to run back in the other direction or they're going to hang out for a cup of coffee because they're going to be headed to another destination. Sometimes they do this, where they actually hit it and run right back in the other direction real, real fast, real, real high. Missed my number by a penny. Okay, but the concept is the way this works. They don't all miss by a penny. How about work? Even though it was a late addition, we're talking about the fact that it works. 3240 was the number, and look what happened. That was, in fact, not that was the number, but near and about that number was the low a day. Look what happened. Put in a little five-minute reversal candle, takes off to the upside. Later on in the day, you're already at a high of 3409. This is a day trade, folks. We do this over and over and over again. Not every day has great trades. Some days have no trades. We didn't have a trade yesterday. But guess what? When the volatility picks up, we get them by the bucket full. You take the good, the bad, and the ugly. Most days on average, and if you watch these videos on a regular basis, you know this. Most days on average, we have about five, six, or seven on the board. And generally speaking, two or three are going to do the deal. What's going on over in Camp IWM? As you know, the IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator. Similar, but only worse than the SPY. So here, what you've done is got below the 20-period moving average, and here's one that you really just have to laugh at. Remember this gap over here? Look at the closing price. 140.99. What was the closing price today? 140.99. Accident or coincidences? I think not. Here, same as the SPY, your bogey is Monday's low. 
133.28. Hourly closes below that, and you have to look out below. All the other stuff that we talked about from the bull and the bear case perspective, it's all the same market. So if the markets are all getting killed, the IWM's gonna get killed. If the markets are all getting a boost and you're getting a rising tide lifts all boats environment, the IWM is going to be participating. Remember the hourly chart from yesterday and we talked about this channel and this is going to be sloppy the way I'm drawing it, but it's still a channel nonetheless and it doesn't mean that this has to collapse. That's not what it means at all. It doesn't mean it has to do this at all, but remember what we said. You can come down here and this still can be an active channel. Now again, I didn't draw it to spec. It's the concept. And you'll also note, it's funny how this works. Here's the bottom of the uh, pivot low from Monday. And you could even do that below that. And you know that you're going to go at least to the bottom of this channel. That's from a technical perspective 101. Hourly closes and all that stuff. And it doesn't happen in a straight line. And they don't make it easy. That's just the way it works. The short trades are always more difficult than the long trades. Especially, especially in an uptrending market. Keep in mind. This is still an uptrend. There's nothing wrong with this trend just yet. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Our canary in the coal mine. We've been talking about this. It's been leading to the downside in somewhat of a stealth manner. Well below the gap. You're into the Monday candle. And it's the same routine. It's all about the Monday low. This low right here, 87.27.93. That's your bogey. That is the bear bogey. Give that up. It's 84.60 in a minute. Not really in a minute. Same rules apply. Nothing goes in a straight line. And they don't make it easy on the way down. You end up with some rip-your-face-off rallies that make you question why you're short. That's just the way it works. The folks out in Silicon Valley, Q cubed. Technically, nothing wrong here. Down a buck 64, it's just a rounding error in the big scheme of things. You look at a 120-minute chart and you can't help but notice that there's nothing wrong with this chart. It's just making a bull flag pattern above these moving averages. And what it's doing is building energy to make new highs yet again. That's the only way that I can read this chart. Now, if they gap down on Monday and it breaks this pattern, that's something different. We're reading the chart as it stands today. You have to be the umpire. You're calling balls and strikes from an unbiased perspective. Here's a 240 chart. Now, let me mention something. So all we're doing is going sideways and there's one reversal candle or what normally would be a reversal candle in the middle of this stuff. But what happens if that wasn't there? What if it was just another one of these candles? Wouldn't we say all this is doing is eating time off the clock above the moving averages building energy for a move higher, period, end of story. So the fact that we have this oddball candle, maybe it's a flyer, an outlier, maybe it's telling us something, maybe it's not. We don't really know. There's too much on this chart in the bull camp to say, well, because of that candle, we know the market's going down 10%. That's not the way it works. You look at the candle, you take note of it, you're aware of it, But on this chart, you have to notice that there's too much bullishness outweighing what would be normally a reversal candle. They didn't do any damage to this chart today. 
Not that it goes on the bull side of the ledger, but you can't put the cues on the bear side of the ledger. No way, no how. How about gap? Let's talk gap. What was the gap here? It is 244.28. So you close four pennies below the gap. Is that extremely meaningful? Well, closing below the gap to me is meaningful. I think it's the difference between the intentions going forward. Doesn't work 100% of the time, but it works a lot of the time. So now I see a close below the gap, it's four cents. I take the close below the gap and I say, that's certainly not positive. It is in the negative camp. It's four cents. It's an awareness, but it's four cents. We're also still somewhat extended from home base. It would be nothing to just pay a quick visit to home base. Media's hair would be on fire and there would essentially be nothing wrong with the cues. But I will tell you, the other markets would be selling and look completely different on the charts. It's interesting, no doubt about it. The financials. So we had the convergence of these moving averages, the 100 period and the 20 period moving average, and now they're starting to break below. They closed below today. They closed below yesterday. They tried to get above on Friday, but they weren't able to. So guess what? It's two days below. That's in the bear camp. No choice. Below the gap over here. Same place from Monday. It's the same candle from Monday, but it's not the same chart. They filled the gap on Tuesday. But we're just trying to compare and contrast. So we're making a comparison to where we are relative to Monday's close. If you'll notice, I did that with all the markets we look at across the board. How about Smash Mouth? It's in the camp with the Qs. There's really nothing wrong with this chart. Can it come down? Absolutely, it can come down. It can come down while the other markets are selling pretty hard and still stay in a bullish position above the 20-period moving average. It's an awareness. This is pretty much linked at the hip to the Qs. The Philadelphia semiconductor space has always been a pretty good leading indicator of the tech space as a whole. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True, accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss, so we will give her a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.